Kentucky basketball picks up a solid win over the Ole Miss Rebels at home. 83-71 to was the final score. We break down the game on today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You are Locked on Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode of Locked On Kentucky is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be discussing Kentucky basketball's 83-71 win over the Ole Miss Rebels. It's really a shame because if you didn't watch yesterday's episode, my final score prediction for this matchup was 83-71. If Ole Miss had just simply missed one of their two free throws at the end of the game, I would have gotten this score prediction right. Shame on me for not taking those final two free throws into account. All right, so today we're going to go over the first half. We're going to talk about the second half. We're going to give some final thoughts uh, just to kind of wrap up the recap of this victory. Starting off with the first half here, uh, something that I noted, and I'm sure many of you noted as well, is Kellen Grady uh, had as many shot attempts uh, under the 16 uh, under the 16 minute break in this game as he did at Arkansas. I believe he had three shot attempts in the Arkansas game. He had three shot attempts in just four minutes against the Rebels. Uh, made a three early on. In fact, the Wildcats were shooting really well early on. Three different guards made a three early on in the first half. Kentucky was shooting 75% from the floor at the, at the under 12 break. Uh, just a lot of really, really good stuff from Kentucky's guards. And I said this on yesterday's show, I believe. Uh, we talk about it at length on tomorrow's episode with Chris Gordy of Locked on SEC, just talking about different uh, really talented teams uh, in the Southeastern Conference. And I uh, talked at length about Kentucky's guard play and how it's not been as efficient down the stretch as maybe the Wildcats would have liked to have seen. And I definitely think that it's it's a quality of a championship-caliber team, and I certainly think that Kentucky is one of those. It's just the guards have not been shooting fantastic uh, over these past several games. And, man, Davion Mintz, Kellen Grady uh, was shooting well early, did not finish the game shooting well, I believe. But Davion Mintz, Severe Wheeler, Ty Ty Washington, who came off the bench in this game uh, for the Wildcats, all three of those guys shot really, really well, especially early on. It was really refreshing to see the Wildcats knocking down just about everything that they put up. And that's not the that's not the expectation moving forward, right? It's not the it's not the expectation for this team, these guards, to knock down just about everything that they put up. But, you know, somewhere in between shooting three of twelve and shooting like six of eight, uh, it would be it would be much appreciated. Uh, from these guards moving forward. Had a good game early on. Ole Miss also had a relatively difficult time guarding the paint. They had a really relatively difficult time guarding the paint the entire game. Uh, Oscar Shibway, uh, once again, as he has been essentially all season, a uh, really, really big factor in this matchup. Damian Collins, this is just a completely random uh, note uh, here on my, my breakdown of the game. Damian Collins, for the small amount of minutes that he gets, um, when he's not 
and I've seen this before in the past, I don't think he's a great jump shooter, so he's not knocking down a ton of, of shots outside the rim. I don't think he's going to be asked to much during his Kentucky career, but he does a very good job in the limited minutes that he gets of knocking down fouls when he's, not, when he's not taking jump shots or dunking the ball. Does a phenomenal job, in my opinion, of drawing fouls, and he's got a really good shooting stroke at the foul line, um, which is odd considering I don't think that... I think that he's airballed a couple of the threes that he's taken this season, and his jump shots just kind of look, looked eh. Um, but his free throw form is pure, and uh, I noted early, I um, was like, man, over the past, like, I'll just say the entire season, he's done a great job of getting to the foul line whenever he can, and I think that's going to be a part of his game that's utilized even more next season, especially if Oscar Sheebway leaves. I think you're looking at him and Ware getting a lot more minutes than they, they do currently this year. Duh, but at the, at the same time, I'm looking forward to seeing what Collins brings to the table is all that I was trying to say here. Kentucky, we've talked about this before on the show, they do this thing where if the opponent starts to score in bunches, like they're knocking down stuff, Kentucky starts to panic and freak out themselves on the offensive end. I'm like, okay, we got to keep pace with these guys. Let's start throwing some stuff up. And they'll turn the ball over. They'll take dumb shots. Uh, the pace will increase, and they will not be able to, to control themselves. And I'm not saying that that's how Kentucky plays all the time in high-scoring affairs. In fact, that's not the case. I'm just saying that sometimes Kentucky does that. Well, they did that thing again for about two minutes in the first half where they were incredibly turnover-prone. Uh, they were they were just fogging things up that, that didn't need to be thrown up early in the shot clock. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a characteristic of this team that I think is just part of who they are at this point in the season, and it's going to be really difficult to shake that uh, if they can at all uh, heading into these final few games of the season, uh, that including postseason play. But I just wanted to note, it's like Kentucky is continuing to do that even when they're at home. And no team's going to be perfect. It's just that there are spurts uh, with this team where you're not coming out of a an Ole Miss run or an opposing team's run and saying, okay, well, Kentucky just simply didn't knock down their shots and Ole Miss is, is getting a little hot right now. It's like, okay, Kentucky kind of aided Ole Miss in starting their run, kind of creating that spark, kind of lighting that fire. And now the Wildcats are going to have to settle back down and work some of their stuff in properly. And I'm not saying everything in the transition game is bad. In fact, I would much rather prefer uh, an offense to play at a higher pace and to see if they can get shots in transition. It's just the mid-range jumper sometimes is not, it's not the wisest thing to do, especially considering how poorly Kentucky is shooting from, from, uh, from uh, the mid-range right to now, especially over these past few games. I noted a statistic on yesterday's show, and I, I would like to be able to go pull it up and find it um, without really, really boring you guys. But there, there was a statistic put out. I believe it was by Hoops Insight. Had him on the show a few weeks ago. Um, just discussing Kentucky and their two-point jumpers. And he noted that the Wildcats were shooting a ridiculous number of, of two-point jumpers and they were knocking down a ton of them. And since the Kansas game, I believe Kentucky's shooting 30%, which is somewhere in the, I believe it's 340th nationally. Uh, in terms of uh, percentage of two-point jumpers made. And Kentucky's taking even more two-point jumpers now, and they're knocking down a considerable, uh, considerably less amount. So I, I don't think that it's the most efficient shot for the Wildcats right now. And I'm curious to see where they go on offense. But they did that thing, to go back to what I was saying, they did that thing where they just kind of freak out for a moment. And then they settled back down. And I'll say, overall, 
the offensive product in the first half was good. Now, the defensive product was not absolutely fantastic. In fact, Ole Miss had a couple of different looks at the Rammers, just like, we got to get some bodies in the paint. We got we to gotta start defending a little bit better. Um, and the Wildcats occasionally struggled in this game to guard the paint. Uh, Ole Miss's pit, bigs just simply had a day. Just to really quickly uh, look at the first half stats here before we move on. Uh, let's see. Oscar Sheebway had eight points in the first half, had five rebounds as well, an assist, a steal. Uh, the team had 12 assists in the first half, which is really impressive. Uh, it was 44-35 to 35 at the break. Keon Brooks had four points. Severe Wheeler, three of four from the floor, two of two from three. I uh, would not expect that from a kid that's shooting a little over 30% from three. Had eight points, did Severe Wheeler. Kellen Grady had seven points. Davion Mintz had eight points. Ty Ty Washington had seven points, was three of five from the floor, one of two from three. Overall, Kentucky shooting 60% from three, 58% from the floor. And then Ole Miss finished shooting 50% on the game and then shot 50% in the first half as well. We're going to talk about what happened in the second half in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, and it's all thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating Built Bars. Have you tried the Puffs? Built has this new amazing thing. It's the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They call it Puffs. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They are simply a treat. And not only that, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. These things are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars, including Puffs, are in fact covered in 100% real chocolate. And Built has so many different amazing flavors to choose from. You can go for mint brownie. You could go for salted caramel. You could go for cookies and cream. You could go for coconut. This month, of, uh, this month they have a new flavor, white chocolate cookies and cream. These uh, flavors are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If Built thinks a flavor might be good, they will make it. It will be delicious, and it will also be good for you. You can go to built.com right now, and you can use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Daw here with you. Going to talk about the second half and how the Wildcats struggled a little bit. To pull away from the Ole Miss Rebels, going to break that down here for you so early. And I mean early, like immediately, like within the first 45 seconds of the second half. A couple of really easy buckets for Shebway. Uh, Kentucky did a really good job, in my opinion, in this game. Severe Wheeler did a really good job of getting downhill and then uh, dishing the ball off to Shebway and then letting him go to work in the pay, uh, paint, I think, uh, the combo there between Wheeler and uh, Shebway has been was extremely effective in non-conference play, and I was hyping that up. Um, and now we're really getting to see uh, this duo kind of get back to where they were at the beginning of the season now that Wheeler is fully healthy, or at least he looked fully healthy. I'll tell you this also, Ty Ty Washington looks good to go. Uh, at least he did against the Ole Miss Rebels. Ole Miss also decided partially between the first like five or six minutes of the game and um, and that, that first 45 seconds is just like they decided, like, eh, we don't really want to protect the Ram. Like, early on they were trying, and then after that, Oscar Sheboy is just like, I think I'll just get as many layups as I want. Thank you very much. Ole Miss was just like, yep, we're just going to step back and try and not get fouls, and just, just we're just going to make it happen. But they didn't. Uh, meanwhile, Sheboy also, on the other end, had a really hard time stop, stopping uh, Ole Miss down low. 
Ole Miss has a kid, uh, number three, Brooks. He was going ham in this game. Incredibly physical in the paint. Shibway was getting pushed around a little bit. And I think Coach Cal, at one point, I believe they mentioned this on the broadcast, Coach Cal challenged Shibway to go out there and be a little bit more physical uh, against Brooks. And then as soon as the timeout ended, Shibway got another bucket. And he, uh, he finished the game uh, incredibly strong. The game did get incredibly physical at about the 14, 15 minute mark. And after that point, Ole Miss started to sort of climb back into the game. Matthew Morrell uh, for the Rebels was absolutely balling out in the second half. He was making layups. He was making mid-range jumpers. He was making three-pointers. There was a stretch there where the broadcast highlighted that it was like a 12-4 to run for the Rebels, but it felt like more than that because, again, there was a stretch where Ole Miss was just making every single shot that they put up and partially, uh, partially... This was due to the fact that Kentucky was struggling on defense. It was not playing as efficient as they possibly could have. But at the same time, uh, Kentucky, at different points on possessions, was doing everything that they could. They were guarding the post. Uh, they were guarding drives to get, that could have pot- potentially gotten to the rim. And they were putting hands and faces when shots got up. And Ole Miss was just simply knocking them down. There's honestly not a whole lot more that you can ask of your team in situations like that except just to continue to play hard and then to do smart things on the offensive end and not let the game get away from you. At one point, uh, Kentucky uh, had their lead cut to six with three minutes left in the game, and I was just sitting there going like, not, I wasn't panicking. It was just like, because I felt like Kentucky was eventually going to win the game, but it was just like, what's going on? Like, this is an Ole Miss team that doesn't shoot well um, at all in any category, uh, free throw line, two-point percentage, three-point percentage, effective field goal percentage. Um, they really struggle with turnovers and blocks um, as well. What's going on? Why is this offense all of a sudden clicking? And eventually, you, you know, Kentucky did win. Got a couple of more really nice looks at the rim. She, uh, Wheeler had a really nice drive to the basket uh, where he got a, a shot to go up or down, excuse me, high off the window. It was just a beautiful uh, layup from Wheeler to kind of, I believe, to extend the lead back to eight. And then Kentucky just kind of finished the game off from there. Uh, again, I was one point off of the final score prediction in this matchup. I said 83-71. 83-72 was the final score of this game. Uh, Kentucky certainly did not cover uh, the spread in this game. Bet online uh, had this game at 16.5 in favor of the Wildcats. Obviously, Kentucky winning by 12 uh, and something I wanted to share with you here before we moved on that I thought was a little interesting. I wanted to go over quickly Ole Miss's uh, st- stats here just on the season. So I mentioned the fact that they don't really shoot well in any department. And they shot 50% in the game. At least that's what they finished with. And, and they shoot 48% on the year. So they're above average in that co- category. And then they shot 38.9% from three, and they only shoot 32.8% from three on average on the season. So overall, this was just uh, one of those games where, you know, you can look at the Alabama game, you can look at the LSU game, uh, which are are recent matchups here that are kind of similar. But the the Wildcats partially struggled to, to play consistent defense, and then also the opposing team was just knocking down everything that they threw up at different points in this game. And there's part of it's just like, okay, you could play better defense. And then part of it's just like, what can you do? That's just kind of the way it is. I mean, Ole Miss scored 72. Kentucky's giving up 65 a game. I'm not going to complain overall about the product that the Wildcats put out on the court. 
uh, Ole Miss did end up knocking down seven three-pointers in this game. And again, like I mentioned, Matthew Morrell knocked down five of those seven three-pointers, had 25 points, was 9 of 16 from the floor, had four re- uh, assists and two rebounds to go along with that. You want to you want to try and really stop uh, one of their star players if you can, but if it's just his night, it's just his night. It was Morrell's night. What you going to do? Also, I'll say this. When, whenever you have guys like Davion Mintz and Severe Wheeler uh, guarding consistently a guy like Matthew Morrell, who is six foot four, things are probably not, probably not going to go well. Things are probably not going to go well. All right, we're going to talk about what happened in, well, actually, we're just going to wrap up uh, the, the recap here. We're going to take a look at some of the stats. As always, I've got my parameters, the four things that Kentucky needs to do to win games. We're going to go over and see if Kentucky actually accomplished uh, those four things. Going to talk about that in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Run Your Pool. March Madness, only just a few weeks away. I'm excited. I know you're excited. You really need to start thinking right now about where you're going to be, you know, running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual, what you always do, or are you looking this season for something better, something that is the best? Well, we here at Locked On Kentucky, we've done a little bit of research. We've looked out there, and we've decided that we're going to run our brackets with uh, runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool also offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. Both are really fun in their own way, and Run Your Pool has options to edit scoring as well. And they offer, get this, they offer even more intel with your picks. And it's all stuff that you won't find at ESPN or CBS. And that, for me, is awesome because I'm a stats geek. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a numbers geek. I really love diving into what the individual teams are about. Really love what Run Your Pool has to offer there. And if you got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employee, employees. Or even you could potentially gain customers from it. Plus, Run Your Pool offers full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups that you will ever find. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're actually running our brackets over there. There's no truer test than that. And if you want to play against us, you can go to runyourpool.com slash locked on. You can participate for a potential win and a shot at a cash prize. And while you're there, you can create your own pool for your friends and family, and you can enter the co- code Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. Again, you can enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool at runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Today's episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while the the, uh, person behind the counter orders your parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You yourself have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money while using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is also a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every single customer, and they've got everything that you could ever need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. You can write locked on and how did you in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. 
Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, wrapping up the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Daw here with you. If you're watching on YouTube, first of all, if it looks like I've been crying or I am off a, a two-week bender, I uh, just want you to know my contact is trying to kill me right now. You probably can't see it on the camera, but it is uh, is doing everything in its power to, to make my life miserable at this moment. Uh, and if you're listening on podcast format, would love to, he- to uh, hear what you have to say about the show. If you want to leave a review, uh, wherever you're listening, I would really appreciate that. And if again, if you're watching on YouTube, would love if you subscribed. It would mean a lot to me. We're going to have a lot out, coming out here uh, as we get closer and closer to March. I'm going to be at the SEC tournament. It's going to be really, really fun, fun to uh, cover that in person uh, for you guys. Going to be able to break down some of the games that happened uh, in Tampa here in just a couple of weeks. I'm so, so, so excited about it. And you're going to want to be following along for all of the Kentucky Wildcats coverage that you can stand. All right, final thoughts here. This matchup between Kentucky and Ole Miss, 83-72 to was the final score. Uh, I just realized that my math is completely off. I was thinking that this was a 12-point win because in my mind I was thinking about the final score that I had, 83-71. It was an 11-point win. If I said that in the show earlier, I'm an idiot. I apologize. All right, some final thoughts here. Let's go over some of the statistics in this matchup. Kentucky did not get out-rebounded. 31-24 to was the total there uh, in favor of the Wildcats. Only six offensive rebounds in this game. Not a lot of opportunities to grab boards. Both these teams were shooting really, really well, uh, knocking down a lot of different shots. Kentucky shot 60% from the floor. Ole Miss, like I mentioned earlier, 50% from the floor. Uh, Kentucky finished with 18 assists in this game. As well, Ole Miss also only turned it over once in the second half. They had seven turnovers in the first, only one turnover in the second half. They really, really tried to get back into this game. Uh, We're not able to do it. Kentucky also only finished with eight turnovers, had 15 points off of turnovers as well, 11 fast break points. And probably the the weirdest thing in this game, this is the first time in the while that, that, that this has happened, this game did not feature a lot of fouling. Now, there were a couple of, of calls uh, against the Wildcats that I believe were called as blocking fouls. I believe that happened twice. Um, and I normally, I recently have said this, like, that was a well-officiated game. This was a well-officiated game, but there were points in this game where it's just like, that's not a block, that's a charge. That was, even the the, the uh, SEC Network broadcast crew was like, normally we advocate against all these charges that are being called, but they're like, oh, Kentucky did not initiate that contact, I'll tell you what. And it was right. It was right. Like, there should not have been a, a, uh, a blocking foul called. Um, it was just, uh, there were some points in this game. Just like, what's going on here, guys? Like, come on. But that's your, that's your average college basketball uh, officiating crew nowadays. Just like, you get about five or six of those games. Just like, what the, what? Uh, anyway. Uh, my four parameters for, the, uh, for Wildcat wins. Did Kentucky shoot the ball well? That is one of them. Well, like I mentioned earlier, Kentucky shot 60% from the floor, 42.9% from three. Love to see it. So, yes, Kentucky did shoot the ball well. Did the Wildcats have decent shot selection? This is not asking for perfect shot selection. This is not asking for great shot selection. This is asking for decent shot selection. I think the Wildcats did. There were a couple shots that I didn't like, uh, specifically looking at uh, uh, Jacob Toppin and Keon Brooks, but, I mean, still knocked, knocked them down at a really high rate. So, can you really complain? Did Kentucky, third parameter here, did Kentucky have decent, or play well in transition? Excuse me, I'm all over the place right now. 
did Kentucky play well in transition? That's for both offensively and defensively. Well, I would say in the first half, Kentucky absolutely crushed Ole Miss in transition um, because there were points where Ole Miss had opportunities to push the ball up the court and then they decided not to. I got a text from one of my friends. It was like, I bet Kermit's da- Kermit Davis makes these players practice with uh, walkers so that they make sure they don't push the ball up the court uh, hard enough. And then I responded, I'm like, yeah, you saw that guy that just subbed in. He pushed him harder than he pushes the players in practice. That's a joke. That's a joke. Uh, I don't actually mean that. Kermit Davis, I think, is actually a pretty decent coach. Um, but Ole Miss played awful in transition, in my opinion, in this game. And the fact that Kentucky only finished with 11 fast break points is shocking to me. Uh, but also, I think the oh, the Rebels did a really good job of slowing this game down in the second half. But yes, I think Kentucky definitely won the battle there in transition. And the final thing here, did Kentucky protect the rim? No, uh, they didn't. They've not done it for a couple of games now. Only had one block uh, in this matchup. Of course, Ole Miss had none, so woohoo. But uh, Kentucky did not uh, do a great job. And they didn't do a great job of this against Arkansas either, of like making sure that drives to the rim uh, are protected and uh, dump-offs are protected, and that Shibway can actually play a little bit of defense against an opposing team's big man one-on-one. Typically, he wins that battle. Uh, Did not win it a whole lot today. Also got called for a couple of fouls. Had three personal fouls uh, in this game. So I think Kentucky checked three of the four boxes. Overall, this is a game at home. Uh, This is kind of not necessarily a tune-up game, but it kind of feels like a tune-up game. And you also get to play Florida, which kind of is is a tune-up game here to end the regular season. We're seeing right now that the top four teams in the SEC are very clearly Kentucky, Auburn, Arkansas, and Tennessee. Those are going to be your four seeds that are um, that are going to be the top four seeds in the SEC tournament. Now, the ordering of that is still in question because Auburn still has to play uh, two teams that they could legitimately lose to. Uh, and then Tennessee barely beat Georgia, uh, which was wild to me. And then Arkansas has a couple games. I believe they play LSU and Tennessee to wrap stuff up. So there are some interesting things that can happen with the top four and their seeding, but those are going to be the top four teams in the SEC tournament. Kentucky still has a shot to to claim part of the SEC regular season title. We'll just have to see what Auburn does. I have a feeling they're going to choke against the Bulldogs today, but we'll just have to see. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDahl underscore, and you can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. On tomorrow's episode, we sit down with Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC, just talking ball, talking about Kentucky's new offensive coordinator hire, and then just going around the SEC, just talking about whatever we feel like. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody, and God bless. <laughs>